Good morning and welcome to The Brief. I'm Bear. Please excuse my uh, rough voice. I'm uh, getting over something. And please excuse the bad lighting. This particular building is currently off-grid and it's rainy outside. So, we got what we got. If you're new here, go ahead and ring the little bell icon. Subscribe. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love and make sure that the YouTube algorithmic robots haven't uh, unceremoniously unsubscribed you since last we spoke. It is 19 May 23. Today, we're going to talk about national and international economic indicators, a little bit about uh, fuel from a preparedness standpoint, and then we're going to do the national intel sent in by y'all to the email address intel at bearindependent.com. Bearindependent brief 19 May 23. The Bank of England has said that it no longer expects the United Kingdom to enter into a recession this year. Though, econ though the economy of the United Kingdom grew by 0.1% in the first quarter, with a surprising contraction of 0.3% in March, Retail and wholesale trade data has indicated slowing consumer spending as inflation continues to squeeze citizens and stretch their incomes, preventing an increase in spending. I think we're seeing a lot of that here in the United States as well. Slower consumer spending because uh, there's things that you want and things that you need. You, you need a roof over your head. You need groceries. You need a way to get back and forth to work things that you might want, another rifle or a bug out bag or a vacation, you know, a lot of the wants are going on the back burner right now because there's only so much money to go around. This coffee is blazing hot. Moose Run Coffee Co. I recommend it. UK Finance Minister Jeremy Hunt told CNBC at a recent G7 summit, quote, I think we are aware there is still a long way to go. We still have inflation that is too high. Growth is still not as high as we would like it to be. And when I talk to my fellow finance ministers, we all talk about the same thing. Labor supply, productivity, how we are going to increase our long-term growth rates so that we can pay for the increasing number of things that taxpayers want governments to do. End quote. <coughs> um, well, I don't live in England. I'm not part of the United Kingdom. Uh, so, as far as Mr. Jeremy Hunt is concerned, I don't want the government to do anything except fight and win the nation's wars and maybe a handful of other things but the government's not your daddy the government's not your husband the government is not your personal financier <laughs> the increasing number of things that taxpayers want governments to do I don't want you to do shit Just leave me alone leave everybody else alone and stop trying to coalesce power to the highest echelons of leadership, air quote, in this country. I don't want to jump into that rabbit hole too deeply, but they are public servants. They work for us, not the other way around, and we would all do well to remember that. And perhaps make them understand that. 
again. Meanwhile, the U.S. economy is still signaling slowdown as it continues to inch closer to an official acknowledged recession later this year. The data shows that for the 13th month in a row, the nation's leading economic index has declined by 0.6%, exactly as economists had predicted. The only issue with this is that recession has been a signal on the radar for months now and has yet to actually come to pass, technically. Even despite a decline in home loans in the U.S., total consumer debt has reached a new high, so far as in 2023 hitting $17.05 trillion. Consumer debt, $17 trillion. Vehicle loans are now at $1.56 trillion, and student loan debt is now at $1.6 trillion. Debt delinquency rates are also up to 3%, the highest since the third quarter of 2020. This is obviously an indication of what the typical household is going through right now, but companies are nowhere close to immune to inflationary pressures. Even Tesla, as recently announced by CEO Elon Musk, will begin advertising its automobiles for the first time. Musk was quoted as saying at a meeting, quote, Tesla is not immune to the global economic environment. I expect things to be just at a macroeconomic level difficult for at least the next 12 months, end quote. Love Elon, hate Elon, think he's a robot or one of the reptilian overlords, whatever you're into. Um, the fact that the private sector and companies are now uh, saying out loud, yeah, things are going to be weird for at least the next 12 months. It's an indicator. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but I take no joy in finding uh, multiple witnesses on the idea, the concept that we are in an economic slump and it's going to stay that way for probably a year or so, maybe more. Interestingly, one expected turn in this potential recession compared to previous recessions is that the leisure and hospitality sectors in the United States are expected to fully recover this year. <clears throat> as travel, dining, and entertainment spending is expected to continue to rise. For those facing potential layoffs, Bank of America economist Stephen Juno offered this notable point. Quote, The industry... <clears throat> The industry may fare relatively better from an employment perspective during an upcoming recession. Travel and leisure is usually an area we, where people wisely cut back to conserve their hard-earned dollars. But as Jean L. Johnson of PricewaterCooper told CNN, quote, The pandemic did result in a permanent shift in preferences, particularly for younger generations. People used to create a bucket list of what they'd want to handle during retirement. But now they're saying, why wait until retirement? End quote. She also noted that mortgage rates are so high and housing is so expensive that many people have simply given up hope of buying a home and chosen to instead use any potential savings to increase the quality of their life in the moment. That is the written brief. We'll do national intel in a moment. 
We're in week six of 50 weeks of preparedness. We talked about fuel on Monday. We did not do a live brief on Wednesday because uh, I didn't have a voice. So the written brief went up, as it always does for the patrons on Patreon on Wednesday. And today what we're going to talk about is fuel in regard to heating your home. There's a lot of reporting coming out today from NERC, the National Energy Reliability Council uh, in the United States. Essentially saying that because, this is me paraphrasing, because of the nationwide shift from reliable, scalable energy production, uh, basically anything that generates steam, steam is very scalable and we, we use heat to heat water to make steam. That heat is provided by nuclear or coal or natural gas or in some cases fuel oil, number two diesel, etc. Moving away from that due to this green energy push by the reptilian overlords. Again reminding the audience that 80 to 98 percent of that supply chain for green energy is uh, owned by China who has bought and paid for this current administration and probably several previous administrations and very likely most of the entrenched bureaucracy in Washington DC as we move towards air quote clean air quote green air quote renewable energy the unreliability of wind turbines and solar panels ie wind only makes power when there's wind and solar only makes power when there's sun ie not scalable is going to cause the potential for rolling blackouts this summer coupled with the uh, El Nino effect that's coming in that's going to make uh, basically the entire country except for Northern California and PNW and maybe some northern tier states right there directly below the imaginary line in the snow that separates us from the Canadians but basically going to make the entirety of the United States of America have above average temperatures this summer so you're going to have less electricity and above average temperatures going to cause a high potential for rolling blackouts getting back to fuel for you there's two ways to think of fuel one is in the winter for heating how do I heat my home without electricity without the system oh well I'm on propane I'm on fuel oil I'm on whatever <clears throat> well if there's no electricity to operate the pumps that put the diesel in the trucks that bring you propane or your fuel oil you're not going to get any if there's no electricity to operate the facilities that produce the propane and the fuel oil you're not going to get any so how do you stay warm in the winter for a lot of people the obvious answer is firewood there's an art and a science to firewood and this is not that video uh, but your home needs to be set up to heat and heat efficiency uh, efficiently with firewood so you might consider that but then I also think from a fuel standpoint, what about in the summer when it's dangerously hot in certain parts of the country? Um, you know, it has been anywhere from negative 19 to 112 degrees where I'm currently sitting. That's a fairly large swing, right? 130-ish degree swing. 
for certain people, children and the elderly, it being that hot can be life-threatening. And also people that have, uh, what do they call it during the pandemic, comorbidities, those that are generally unhealthy right now, uh, how do you stay cool in the summer? So wind and solar are not scalable on a grid level because of a lack of capacitor technology to store the energy that they produce when the sun is out and when the wind is blowing. But for you, small scale at your home, you might consider a small solar array or a very small wind turbine to produce enough power to charge your batteries that allow you to run an air conditioner or the freezer in the fridge in your home, etc., etc. Now, ultimately, I think if I think if things get bad enough and stay bad enough long enough, we really need to be looking at how did people live a couple hundred years ago. One of my favorite graphs, and I am a graph guy, one of my favorite graphs is if you take the graph of proliferation of technology in the heating, ventilation, air conditioning sector, aka how good is air conditioning, and year over year, you lay that graph above the population of the state of Texas, they are a mirror image. Causation versus correlation, you be the judge. But the data says the better air conditioning got, the more people moved to Texas, right? So you could consider as part of your strategic relocation plan, uh, is there a place that I can move where I don't have to have air conditioning uh, and if I don't have it, I don't die, right? In many places, I had a pickup truck that I had in upstate New York that uh, I bought that pickup truck from the friend of uh, the father of one of my friends. Didn't have air conditioning because in a lot of places, air conditioning is optional. Um, you can't you can't do that in Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, right? You're gonna die. But maybe you can put up a small solar array and a battery bank and have some power to work with. So think about this week, fuel, not just for your vehicles and for your you know, powered tools and your heavy equipment, tractors, equipment, whatever you might have, but also for your home, not just from a heating standpoint, but from a cooling standpoint as well. Fans and evaporative cooling uh, use very little energy and they can be quite effective at lowering the temperature as much as 20 to 30 degrees. When I worked in North Texas in the wood shop, we had a rule that no AC in the shop. It's huge shop space. It's not possible for, I mean, is it possible? Yes, but the cost would have been absurd. So therefore, not possible. We had a rule that if the thermometer inside the shop hit 120 degrees, that we would shut down. And there were many days where it was 118, 119 inside the shop, and we just kept working. So it is possible if you stay hydrated, <clears throat> and that goes back to having enough water and enough electrolytes to go around, it's quite possible to work through it if you're relatively fit and relatively disciplined. Things to think about this week, week six of 50 weeks of preparedness. There's the thunder. Can you hear the thunder?
Additional intel, bonus intel from y'all at BearIndependent.com. 19 May 23. These are all quotes. I'm not going to say quote over and over again. I'm a store manager for a mid-scale retail company with hundreds of stores all over the country. On the 26th of last month, regional management sent out our payroll budget. It sparked lots of questions because almost everyone's hours were lower than normal. The concern was enough to spark a secondary email explaining the situation. That email read as follows. I sent out May payroll yesterday. Yes, I understand. Some stores have less than normal. This is due to our trend down in sales on the year and the company trying to reserve hours so that we have them for an upcoming event. No stores should go over their monthly hour budgets unless it has been pre-approved by the district manager or the regional manager. End quote. I don't guess that explanation was good enough to manage concerns among employees because on the 28th of last month, one of the top dogs in the company released a video to all stores going over the current situation of the company. In essence, he reiterated that we are trending downward in sales company-wide and that we are making budget cuts in every department within the company. They are trying to avoid salary cuts or layoffs, but we have to tighten our belts in a lot of ways. He said they believe we will see a trend upward in the second and third quarter, but it sounds like lip service to me. On another note, my father works for the United States Postal Service as a rural carrier in the same town that I work in. USPS just reevaluated everyone's routes with some employees taking major pay cuts countrywide. They work on evaluated time, so if their route is evaluated at 8 hours, but they complete the route in 5, they still get paid for 8. And I see where this comment is going here, but frankly, the United States Postal Service has been underwater for my entire lifetime. Maybe it does deserve a re-evaluation re for that. However, if I'm understanding this correctly, they just had a third-party group come in and re-evaluate the routes, causing some people to take as much as an $18,000 pay cut. A few people got substantial raises, but the majority of the RCAs, rural carriers, are taking pay cuts that are the equivalent of part-time jobs or side hustles on a yearly basis. My father, for example, is taking a $14,000 pay cut. Starting to rain considerably outside. A lot of people, by the way. Uh, brief note. There's something to be said for a hard-sided uh, structure at your bug-out location. Because it is now pissing rain outside. And if I was in a tent, that'd be better than nothing. A tent is better than a poncho hooch right now, for sure. A hard-sided structure, even if it's not extravagant. Uh, it's four walls and a roof. Is way better than a tent for long-term sustainment at your bug-out location keeps animals out, gives you a safe place to sleep, uh, it'll help keep the warm in, um, you know, if when it's cold it'll help keep the cool in when it's warm, yeah, highly, uh, highly recommended. It's nice to not have raindrops falling on my head right now. While true, axiomatically, if it ain't raining, we ain't training, I'm not training right now, I'm talking to y'all. I will probably ruck in this later today. Time will tell. Back to the USPS. I do not believe these are coincidences with the state of the economy in the US dollar right now. 
Just a couple more examples of the degradation of our economy and fiat currency. Yeah, I agree, but there's been a lot of fluff in the system for a long time. Things were so good that you could afford to pay somebody eight hours for five hours worth of work every day. It's not the case anymore. Not going to be the case going forward, at least for a hot minute. Next, I'm an Italian subscriber, and here's an update from my wife's co-worker, a Ukrainian lady whose son-in-law and grandson have both been drafted to fight in the ongoing war in Ukraine. The son-in-law, who was 45, has been assigned to a second-line unit, and he's currently building fortifications in the area of Chernobyl, near the border with Belarus. The Ukrainian military provided him and his squad with minimal equipment, and they had to supplement it by privately purchasing many pieces of kit. They even had to drive an old pickup truck owned by one of their own. So far the situation has been mostly quiet except for the occasional artillery strike. Last week his squad came under mortar fire and their truck took a direct hit. Nobody was injured because the vehicle was unoccupied at the time, but the explosion completely destroyed the truck along with all of their kits stored in the truck's bed. As a result, the soldiers' families, including my wife's co-worker and her daughter, had to scramble to raise money and replace their equipment and even buy them a new working vehicle. I think this episode confirms what you've been saying for a long time about the importance of logistics and the means to sustain operations in a prolonged conflict. Thank you. I don't like to be right about things like that, but I've seen it enough times, I've studied it enough times, I've read enough books on it, talked to enough people who have been there, done that, liaised with and consulted with enough agencies and organizations and units that have been there and done that to understand viscerally that logistics wins wars. Two is one, one is none. I don't know if you can see over there, but you may be familiar with what this room looks like. Two is one, one is none, and a bunch is some. And it's not just guns and ammo. An army marches on its what? Its stomach. I could really dive into that rabbit hole, but I don't want to right now. How many of these? You can't even see these. How many of these you got? How many of them are loaded? Are all of your ducks in the same place? All your eggs in one basket? I just did a video on Patreon this morning talking about uh, gentleman wrote in and asked, hey, what do we do if we don't have a whole bunch of money to prep and we still need to set up a bug out location and possibly in place caches? I believe the title of that video is Bugging Out Broke. I talked about that in that video, but caches is a big thing. Not just along your route from where you are to where you need to be when you bug out, but also what if this place gets hit by an artillery shell or a tornado? or floods, or is occupied by unfriendly forces, or whatever, 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 whatever. Don't have all your eggs in one basket. Next, 
few days ago, my brother and I attended a city council meeting regarding some extremely disturbing books at the local library. We were there to make our voices heard and to let the officials who brought the issue forward, issue forward know that there are citizens standing with their decision. But that's not why I'm writing in. After we were talking to a gentleman in the parking lot for an hour or so about the issue, then all of a sudden we heard a gunshot 50 to 75 yards from us and we all looked directly at where it sounded from and saw a young man in a hoodie running behind some dumpsters. A second later we saw a motorcycle with two guys speed away. Since we were in a government building, I did not have my normal concealed weapon on my person, so one of my brothers and I ran toward my vehicle to grab my rifle, while another brother stayed by an older lady we were talking with, and they called law enforcement. This is a smaller town, and is typically very quiet, but since the pandemic, everyone is divided and on edge, it seems. I took this as a warning, and along with the news from the shooting in Texas, to finally get an SOB kit from Refuge. I had tourniquets and other first aid gear in my truck, but that wouldn't have done any good if I was parked further away. Keep your head on a swivel, folks. Be strong and courageous, and thanks for all you do, Bear. Bless you, bro. And a couple of follow-ups from previous intel concerning the industrial accident in North Florida. Quote, I went by Air Liquide again today just to see if all the cops are still there. Two weeks now, and yes, they are. The big mobile command center has been moved up near the road now, and we can see who it belongs to, the ATF. Seems like the community is being lied to. Seems highly probable that this industrial accident... I'm sorry, seems highly improbable that this is an industrial accident at this point. Next, concerning the large company that delivers food to warehouses that suddenly had no work for its drivers. My guess is this is Cisco, S-Y-S-C-O. I don't know for a fact, but my guess is this is Cisco, which provides food to schools and restaurants and government buildings and prisons and any other large-scale food service operation. Things have improved some, up to an average workflow. We are just not seeing the surge that we would normally see at this time of year. It's hard to be accurate from my position, but I would say trucks are running at 85% of average business flow and about 70% 70, 70 of what was originally projected for this month on a, or on a typical normal year. Things are still slow, but not ground to a stop like they were. Thank you for the bonus intel. That is intel at barrendependent.com where you send that. If you'd like to uh, write in and provide your input on what is happening around the world or in your little neck of the woods. I've been getting uh, updates from people in theater on what's happening in Ukraine right now. And there is a significant amount of artillery and drones and missile strikes, mostly missiles being launched from uh, MiG-31s occurring in the southeast area of Ukraine. It seems to be ramping up. I'll probably do a brief or a segment of the brief dedicated purely to that at some point. That is the brief for today. Um, if you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to talk about how to support the show, 
then uh, this is your polite cue to beat feet, skedaddle, get out of here, have a blessed day, shalom. For everybody else, we're going to talk about how to support the show. Links in the description for all these things. Patreon.com. Search for Bear Independent or follow the link down there in the video description. Bugging Out Broke. Covered that this morning. Bugging Out Broke. Half an hour video on that. Go check it out. Patreon's $5 per month. We treat it as a preparedness consultancy. You ask the questions and I give you the answers. We also had a more than three hour long exclusive Patreon live stream last night, the Pelt Patreon exclusive live stream Thursday, where we covered all types of topics. And we do that weekly on Patreon. That is part of the uh, value that you get as a patron. If you sign up for a year, you basically get two months for free, which is pretty cool. And, um, if you sign up for Patreon, or you're already on Patreon, and you loot, you use your promo code that's posted in every brief at Refuge Medical, you pay for Patreon with the money that you save from Refuge. Just like that. So, there's a lot of win-win-win going on over there. Speaking of Refuge, Refuge Medical, you may have seen the video, is up to 75 lives saved to date with our equipment. That's incredible to me. Uh, 74 was a very young child who was choking and a refuge training alumni hopped into action and was able to do the baby Heimlich and save that kid's life. That's amazing. And 75 was a road rage incident that a, a refuge client witnessed in Ohio where somebody got shot on the road and they were able to use their bear fac to produce a set of chest seals and apply the chest seals and keep that person alive and awake and alert until a higher level of care arrived. The world's getting weird, weirder, y'all. Uh, I would not be engaging in any road rage incidents and if you are involved in one, say you're on the receiving end of one, just my two cents I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on the internet but I would be ready to defend my life that fast also have you seen this ridiculous trend that's going around of uh, people dumping gas cans on other people's vehicles in like parking lots I guess it's some internet trend and uh, I guess in some cases there's actually gasoline in the gas cans and others it's just water that's in there Either way, I watched one where some dude, um, a young man of color, we'll just say that, dumped a gas can on a guy's hood while he was in the car. The guy got out of the car, and then he tried to dump the gas can on the guy who got out of the car. Dude, that's assault with a deadly weapon, man. If you perceive that to be gasoline and one spark, you're now immolating now, I'm going to shoot you in the face. F-A-F-O, bro. Um, people are stupid. And people are on edge. Yeah. Population density matters. Nobody has done that in eastern Oklahoma that I'm aware of because you will get shot for that. 
Back to Refuge Medical. Um, bear facts are in stock. Potassium iodide is in stock. The Origin first aid kits are shipping. The Origin camel pattern first aid kits are shipping. I believe there's currently free shipping on everything in the store right now. And uh, all kits and components are HSA and FSA eligible. So check that out. Get them while you can. The Yet again, things are getting very difficult to get. The Defense Logistics Agency is buying stuff up. Um, more and more of what is produced here domestically is being sent overseas to Ukraine, to um, United States allies in the South Pacific, um, and being bought up by the DOD, Department of Defense. So, you can get it while you can get it. RefugeMedical.com, made in America, guaranteed forever, 75 lives saved to date. <clears throat> Refuge training, we have classes coming up next week here in Oklahoma, Monday through Friday, and uh, I will be there. And those classes are about four hours from Dallas, two hours from Fayetteville, 30 minutes from Fort Smith, Arkansas, two and a half hours from Tulsa. So there's four, four airports you can fly into within a reasonable drive to come to class. I would encourage you to come to class. I don't know how long we're going to be able to continue to do what we do economically speaking and I promise you you're gonna need medical training more than you're gonna need firearms training and I do believe that you should be training with your firearms I very much so believe you should be training with your first aid kits and learning trauma medicine because statistically there's a much higher likelihood that you're going to need your first aid kit than there is that you're going to need your defensive weapon. If you've spent more on kit than you have on training to use that kit, I think it's unfortunate, but you're deluded. Training matters. I do a lot of training. A lot of training many days per week training meaning I am subordinated to somebody else who knows more than me so that I can learn it's incredibly valuable so check out refugetraining.com learn the fine art of how to not die if you are an alumni of refuge training <clears throat> and you want to come to another class or send somebody from your mutual assistance group or somebody from your family or church to Refuge Training. Shoot us a quick email, sales at refugetraining.com. We'll get you the alumni promo code and uh, you can save big on further classes. Pretty good. Kershaw. Flipper. Lastly, but certainly not least, grindstoneministries.com. Whiskey with Bear will be July 16th in Dallas, Texas to fundraise for Caleb House, our juvenile human trafficking restoration facility, aka kids who have been severely raped by assholes. If you would like to support the building of Caleb House, come out, eat some steak, drink some whiskey, smoke a cigar, or at hell, eat a salad, vape, and have a ginger beer whatever you're into I don't care uh, I will be posting the whiskey with bear uh, link 
to participate up on Patreon first. Everything always goes on Patreon first to give the patrons first dibs. It is unapologetically expensive. It's a nice restaurant, swanky. We're renting out the whole top floor. They're gonna be, uh, you know, prime rib carving stations and filet mignon and cowboy ribeyes and whiskey and cigars. And it's a thousand dollars a plate. Unapologetically, it's a thousand dollars a plate. Bring your checkbook. And if you can't make it, or you'd like to support in other ways, you can visit grindstoneministries.com. Of course, there's a link down in the description. Every dollar matters, man. It costs twenty to fifty thousand dollars per head to do an extraction to take a kid out of a bad situation. Um, we just recently assisted in the recovery of an 11-year-old who had been trafficked across state lines. Praise y'all. <clears throat> and I don't have the war chest, I don't have the bandwidth, the ability to be able to do that. That was a 44-hour ongoing op, by the way. Um, I can't do that without a war chest. And that war chest comes from y'all, the Bear Nation. We've never taken a dime from any other agency or organization. They won't give it to us. And in some cases, if they do, like especially if it's federal funding, I now have to be organizationally on board with the concept of 87 genders and children being, you know, having sexual reassignment surgeries and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not cool with that. I don't want that federal money. I don't want to be beholden to them at all. And so we literally can't do what we do without you. So thank you to every one of you that helps us do what we do. Many of y'all, dozens of y'all said, T, Bear, you got to watch the Sean Ryan show with that ethical hacker. And so I did. And being completely honest, nothing new. Nothing new. What we deal with day to day with Caleb House is that that dude, and I'm not zero day. I'm not, I'm not saying that what he's doing isn't important and valuable because it is. And obviously there were a lot of things that he couldn't talk about uh, for operational security in that podcast with Sean Ryan. But what he did talk about that had so many of y'all appalled, as it should, that's 1% of what we live every day, homie. So I get pissed at y'all when you're like, what polymer-framed, striker-fired 9mm pistol should I buy? I don't care. I got bigger problems. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the prepper capitalistic bullshit of, you know, buy this device and that device and blah, blah. I don't care. Skill sets over tools. Tools are important, but skill sets over tools. And mission over everything else. What are you doing with your life? It ought to be something pretty friggin' important. I would submit. And so, yeah, I watched that podcast with Sean Ryan. And I applaud Sean and his guest, Ryan somebody, Zero Day for the work that he's doing to jam up pedophiles. But there was nothing in that that surprised me at all. 
at all. A lot of that was pretty mundane, actually, compared to some of the shit that we've seen. Just for an idea of scale. But we don't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Because of legitimate operational security. There's one op that we're running right now. And if I ever get to put a bow on it, I can't wait. I can't wait to tell you the details. But I can't tell you the details until after it's done. Because this is open source. And I don't want the bad guys watching what I'm doing. And being able to glean some intel nuggets. Because they watched the bear brief. Hopefully that makes sense. Caleb House long sleeves t-shirts and hoodies are available. Link down below. As well as our brother Sauce Facts Not Feeling shirt. And our brother Rex's t-shirt as well. All provided by Sanctified Supply Co. A portion of which goes to help fund the construction of Caleb House. That's the brief for today on this rainy day. I hope you all have an awesome, blessed day. Have a good weekend. Have a good day of rest. And I'll see you when I see you. Shalom.